So joining us is uh, two representatives from the Herkimer 9 organization. Now, again, this is the organization we told you about uh, a little while ago. They are working hard to do amazing things in the village of Herkimer. Brian Carroll is the COO. And Jordan, and forgive me, Jordan, but I don't remember your, your official title. It's program director. Program director, all right, of the Herkimer 9 organization. I want to thank both of you for joining us. It's it's really awesome to have you. You know, we first kind of heard this story whispered about in the media, and I said, what is this? This sounds awesome. And we looked into it and, and talked about it, and, and Jordan reached out and said, hey, we saw you talked about this, and, and we're so glad because that's exactly what we want people to do. So she very courteously offered to, to join us and actually tell us some real details. And I'm so excited to have you and, and Brian. It's it's great to meet you and have you on the show as well. If, if you like, I... Uh, Tell us, you know, what? tell us what's going on. Tell us the, the story here, the pitch. Yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Brian Carroll, so it's nice to meet you. I, I don't generally do podcasts because I'm, you know, an old guy and, you know, that new tech. Uh, so it's good to see you bridging technology into this area. So I appreciate that and I appreciate your show. So j- just here where you're familiar, and I'm originally from Herkimer, grew up in the 70s. The 50s, 60s, and 70s, and left into the Air Force, and then went off in the high attack, and then came back into the region about 35 years later, looking at Herkimer and saying, Woo, what happened? Because when I was a kid, it definitely was something that you could feel safe on Main Street, and you can enjoy a full breadth of activities and services, and you could be a community that's what I call a bedroom community. Uh, in those days, it would be manufacturing. Maybe in the future, it's the nano centers and the things going on out in Utica and so on, where people can come back and, and rest their bones and take their family out and go to dinner and have some entertainment and then go back home or whatever. Uh, that doesn't seem to be an obvious profile of Herkimer today. And so I'm also the chairman of the planning board of okay. Herkimer. And in 2018, we put together the uh, Master Plan 2020 which if anyone wants to go look at all the, how you make a sausage and what the sausage looks like in the end, you can go to voherkimer2020.com and you can download the content of the master plan and see all the vigilance that went through to develop it. And the reason I say that is because it kind of brings up what we're doing in the Herkimer 9 world is Scott Flansberg, who's also from Herkimer. He's also what the industry in the world calls the human calculator. He saw the master plan, his sister still lives here, and it became obvious to him that, you know, Herkimer was downtrodden just through life and, you know, disrepair and so on. And he combined that with the book, and let me just turn away from the camera for a second and put this book up. This is, yeah, come on, Jordan, there you go. (laughs) I grew up with basketball, and I grew up with basketball. It was written by Frank J. Baslow in 1952, and it, it outlined and details the activity that an individual called Lambert Will was involved in, and that's part of the piece that you wrote up, where he was actually involved, worked at the YMCA, and helped to really develop the rules of basketball during its infancy. And we don't believe he got enough credit. He was posted, and his information was posted in the the Hall of Fame in Springfield for, I think, a year, and then somebody yanked it out because they felt it, it itched something they didn't want to itch. Oh, wow. But what Scott was looking at is, you know, why can't we bring the basketball history back into Herkimer? And that really is kind of the the core 
of what we call Herkimer 9. So it's the Herkimer 9 program. And the Herkimer 9 program actually composes of two different forms of business initiative. One is a for-profit side, and that would include placing within what we'd call the, the block between Main Street and Prospect with church at its north border. In that block area would be placed a uh, what we call the Lambert Will Field House and Event Center. And that actually would be a 5,000-seat stadium event place where basketball could be played, volleyball could be played, concerts could be had, shows could be delivered. And, and that's really kind of like the, the core to bring visitors and tourists into the area for a purpose. And that automatically opens up with a lot more individuals coming through the region instead of just flying off to, you know, Old Forge or down to Cooperstown. They actually have a reason to stop and stay. Sure. And and so that opens up other things that are in that same time frame of the Lambert Will, which is the Palmer House. The Palmer House is really in disrepair. It's a hotel of, of grandeur back in the day. And that would be part of what we classify as the hospitality end of this, where that Palmer House and the apartments across the street from it, all being in the 1800s and early 1900s when they were built, that would actually be the hotel and suites area so that we could actually accommodate tourism, tourists and people. Also the uh, Masonic Temple, which is up the road a bit from, it's right near the Four Corners, which is the historic Four Corners. Yeah. Uh, we actually had a conversation with someone who, whose name I can't say, but is actually from Herkimer and is a chef du jour, a chef grander, like you were talking about the guy before who uh -huh. has the book and all that. So this guy is actually a connoisseur kind of chef, been all over the world, worked in, worked at, heck, the, the Olympics. He actually ran the Olympics uh, food service and oh, wow. the Marriott, the Marriott corporate, and he's all this vision. And we actually had a conversation with him yesterday, and we want to turn the Masonic Temple into a, what I'll call a little bit more upscale than Applebee's, but not crazy. Uh, in the bottom floor and then on the upper floor have a banquet hall because people that are doing sporting events want to be able to meet in large masses and do things. So And so you can see that and also the Quackenbush. The Quackenbush is a learning center in our mind, right? 50 inventions were there, like the, the ladder and the bicycle and the BB and all these things from Quackenbush. So that building we want to turn into what we call a, a youth esteem, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math center in the bottom. The second floor would be an adult team, meaning individuals that want to, you know, shift their their skill set, can learn new technologies and learn new skills, and actually become part of a, what we call a digital workforce. And then on the top uh, floor would be the incubator lab. The incubator lab would actually enable people uh, to be able to say, "I got an idea. Let me let me let me start, you know, flushing it out." And so that incubator lab and business development center would allow the birthing of, of new ideas, new businesses, new industries, who knows? And so you, you can begin to see, you know, what we're looking to do is really kind of like back to the future. You know, we want to take things from the past, give them a, a real clear face, but within the program of Herkimer 9, it, it really begins to, you know, kind of umbrella these activities. The STEAM would be not-for-profit. We also look at the park. I don't know if you've ever went past the dump when I was a kid. We used to actually go dump picking for <laughs> copper and brass and aluminum, right? Yeah. Bring a little dolly down and fill it up and draw it back and sell it. So that beyond the, the dump is this, we call I, I we just term it Point Park because it goes to a point. And in there, we're working with the Erie Group, 
to see how we can take that, which is about 30-something acres, plus the land that's behind Lowe's, which is about 60 acres. Both of those would be kind, kind of be Point Park, and as the movie said, and a river ran through it, right? So that begins to enable us the ability to have biking, nature trails, pavilions, and so on. That would on. be incredible. So you begin to see how this begins to shape out. We also were talking to the library yesterday. We think they're a vital part of learning and education. And so they're currently in a building that they're, you know, have funding to repair the roof and all these other things. And we'd like to take that and say, is that where you want to be? Or, uh, and if so, how do we facade that building so it fits into what we call the motif of the 1890s and early, uh, early 1900s? But you can begin to see how this has so many different tentacles. And we're getting a lot of excitement from individuals that are on the board, individuals in the industry, individuals in basketball, and a lot of people that left. And said, yeah. and Jordan's one of the Jordan's one of them. She left, and they said, "Wait, something's going on." Whoosh! She came back. So hopefully, you know, the the pride. What 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 I find is when I talk to people from Herkimer, as with myself, you know, I grew up here, and you kind of leave but never forget. And the point is, so many people have reminiscings of good times and comfort and and happiness, and they come back and they become sorrowful. And we really want to take and make it so that. You know, they have pride, but now they have a reason to stay or come back and visit or reference friends to it because it really can be what it was before. So I know I went through a lot of stuff, but so much of that speaks to me specifically, you know, the coming back because I've you know, I live outside of the Syracuse area right now and I love what I consider my home and I still consider it my home, even though I, you know, I haven't necessarily lived there for many years now and and the idea of having opportunity to come back for and and the idea of you know being able to draw so much of the talent because a lot of people will tell you for years we've got in a very close radius all these wonderful educational institutions and we've got well-educated well-trained folks that take that and go somewhere else just because of you know and you certainly can't blame them it's a matter of their opportunities so as we're building opportunities at home, as I consider it, I, I couldn't love that more. And especially when you talk about uh, incubators, there's a, a special place in my heart for, for incubators as a startup owner and somebody who got a lot of advantage in an incubator when I got my start. And to see these things again in the Valley is is almost unheard of. These are types of things that you, you don't generally see when we're talking about economic development and new things in, you know, in that region. And, and to hear people talk about bringing that to Herkimer, New York, is just absolutely phenomenal to hear. So I, I, I couldn't commend you folks anymore for what you're doing. Let me ask you, yesterday we had Herkimer County Legislator on, John Stevens, and, and he was touting a lot of the successes of economic development in Herkimer County. And I mentioned this to him, and it seems that they are very excited about it. But he has a, a question that I think a lot of people might be one of their main questions is, these are awesome ideas. How does it get paid for? How does it, how does it become a reality? Yeah, so, so let me hit on that in, in two fronts, right? I'm a businessman, by the way. I left, as you did, left the area, went out to high tech, worked in software, started a consulting company, built a software company, sold that software company and blah, 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 right? And so, you know, from the, from the business side, the only way that you can do something of this type, of this scale is really to be able to tickle the minds of people that want to get a return on their investment, as well as envelop, you know, enable the development of an environment that has the human story alongside it, right? Sure. And so that that's why what we look at is this framework of intimate, intimately tying together 
that which enriches the community, which is, you know, bringing in, uh, something back into it, but also enables individuals, whether it's on the hospitality side or it's on the event side, to be able to have money coming back from what gets invested. And that's where we think, you know, we're putting together business profiles and proformas that really speak to not gouging the world, but enabling the world and having individuals that are investor worthy to be able to come in. So we've actually had a lot of connections with a range of individuals, both in the region, from the region and outside the region. I don't know if you know Scott Flansburg's history, but you know, he's set the Guinness Book of World Records for 20 something years in, in adding numbers. And, and he's, you know, just so you can't, you can't, you get amazed every time he demonstrates his skill. Sure. But that has that has allowed him to rub shoulders with so many individuals. Alice Cooper, we believe, uh, who he golfs with all the time. Well, and that, by the way, it's weird. My first concert that I went to was was in Utica, and it was Alice Cooper. And <laughs> Incredible. first concert, yeah, the first concert we're going to have when we open up the event center is Alice Cooper, because. But that that whole range of individuals are are itching to put money into this not only as donational, but also as investment, but we're trying to first grab from the inside. One of the things we're looking to do is, and I think Jordan can kind of pick one up and show, is we're gonna sell bricks. One of the, I know that sounds weird, but the the between the event center and the Quackenbush building, and you can get information about this program up in VO, uh, excuse me, Herkimer9.com and Herkimer9.org. You can download what we have, the Delta plan, and uh, those bricks will lay between the event center and the Quackenbush in a park area, and they'll will etch the names of individuals. So if you're from now in South Carolina and you want to buy a brick, and it costs a hundred bucks, well now guess what? You just invested in Herkimer's future, right? And so those kind of things, you look at the high end individuals that have tens of millions, which we know of, which we have contact with, and you have the people that would just want to give a couple hundred bucks and have their name be on the platform between, you know, within this uh, space, it kind of allows all those things to, to fall together. Just so you're aware, one of the things that generally happens when you do something of this size is you really want to collect and connect with a developer. And so we've really been holding off, pulling money in um, until the developer. Now we're finalizing our agreement and I can't say who it will be, but we sure. will announce it and they're local and they'll be actually taking on the developer role, which will then enable us to be able to bring money in and put it to use immediately. Cause some of the things you got to do like opportunity zones, which are investments where if you put in a million dollars and you make 250,000, that 250,000 is tax free. And so but you got to use it within 90 days of it being put in or 180. And so it really gets into timeliness. So I, I would say to you know your audience that what we really know is that there's a lot of people that want to invest, including the college wants to invest. The community foundation is providing investment. There's a lot that are in the local region and outside this region. This will become a reality. And it does take time. Realize we just started this last August. Sure. Right? So this is kind of like, you know, light speed or digital speed when it comes Absolutely. to moving forward on things. So I appreciate the question, but hopefully... I gave sufficient an answer with enough ambiguity. No, I, that, I, uh, I, I think it really did. I think uh, one of the things that folks worry about is this is one of those projects that is going to be hingent on, you know, the state giving a, a huge grant and, and things like that. And, you know, because unfortunately the area has seen things like that and, and lots of promises and they haven't come to fruition. And unfortunately, mostly from politicians. But here we have 
private folks who, from the sounds of things, have a very solid plan for some private funding that would make sense. The area, and especially a project like this, would be an incredible investment for a lot of folks. And, and it's nice to see that, you know, you guys have a plan that sounds more than sustainable and you're clearly getting your ducks in a row. Like you said, you've got to have these different pieces. But, you know, I, I think you definitely answered the question. And, and, I, and I think that was the, the answer I was hoping to hear. <laughs> yeah, let, let, me, let me give one more uh, topic, because remember, we're talking about it originated of seeding the basketball, the history of basketball, sure. as clearly depicted. Um, by the way, uh, just a general comment, uh, Frank J. Baslow, if you ever heard of the Harlem Globetrotters, the Harlem Globetrotters are people that go around and do demonstrations. Sure. Game. Yeah. Actually, Frank J. Baslow is the first one to ever create. He created the Baslow Globetrotters. And if you read the book, I grew up with basketball, you'll hear how at the age of 16. Now, this is right within the period of time of the 1890s, 1910, so on. At the age of 16, he began taking the Herkimer team and moot and going around to various places and charging for tickets and getting money and dividing it amongst the players. And so he actually was very famous for having done all of that. And when he put out the book in 52, which articulates and announces the involvement of Lambert Will, the Herkimer YMCA, the first basketball game with the, the rim being developed by the Herkimer Ironworks and the net being, the, being knitted by his own mother. Uh, all of those things were first. And so the fact is, in 1952, if he was wrong, if he was lying, if he was saying something wasn't true, they would have whooped him something wicked right. in 1952 because those humans still existed, right? So, so the fact is, you know, we believe strongly that what we're going to do is do two things. One is bring the true clarity of what happened in basketball to Herkimer, but also it's going to create a little bit of a flare. Because the NBA, not the NBA, but Naismith and those that say we did it all are going to say, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so the good thing is that there's actually that spice of conflict and uncertainty and clarity that kind of come in. And to round it all off, Scott Flansburg, the Herkimer 9, is, has obtained a ABA. Now, the American Basketball Association League is the largest non-professional league uh, in the world. And that league now will have a game, a team here called the Herkimer Originals. And we believe we're going to be able to bring the ABA league to Herkimer. And if we can do that, then that becomes the headquartered event for the ABA. The event center becomes a hosting place for basketball in its true form, in addition to all the other things that it can do. So sure. we're not we're not stopping on one thing. We're not looking for one feeder pole. We're not looking for one way of looking at business or opportunity we're looking at every single way that these things can all come together so um i, I couldn't love that approach uh, anymore we've got a comment in our in our live chat and then jordan i, I definitely i apologize it just just guys just says uh, this year is the generals year the globetrotters are going down jordan you were somebody that that i met years ago in utica you've always been an incredible community connected figure so it's not shocking to to hear that you were in this organization but Tell us a little bit about what, what brought you to us and what brought you to this, rather. Oh, well, <laughs> it's, it's funny, actually. Brian mentioned that I was gone and came back, but I didn't actually get to leave yet because we're surviving a global apocalypse. So <laughs> um, I have grown up here. I lived in Herkimer, but admittedly, I was that kid that could not wait to leave. I bought my first Tamagotchi at Woolworths on Main Street, and I don't have another good memory from my childhood on Main Street. <laughs> you know, that's just... <laughs> That's the story, but Fair enough. You know, 
I, I'm the sixth generation of my family to grow up in my house. So my brother and I, so my mom and my grandparents, you know, all the stories are in our house and it's walking distance to Main Street. So my whole life, I grew up hearing these stories of what Main Street used to be. And my memories are, you know, mostly a teenager going by empty buildings or just not really having a reason to yeah. be on Main Street. So I had every intention of leaving. I lived in New York City for a little while, had some amazing opportunities, came back, but lived in Utica and Clinton. And, and that opportunity now gives me a bridge in this position. But, you know, during this apocalypse, I took a cross-country trip really safely, fell in love with Colorado, had every intention of leaving, was searching for jobs. Uh, talking to realtors for apartments. And then I talked to Scott Flansburg and he told me about this project and just what was happening. And it felt so real for the first time. It didn't feel like something that was reliant on, you know, government funding or reliant on politicians because we were all working together. And that's, I, you know, I was talking to politicians my first day about how exciting this is and how it's going to work. So that's the difference that this makes. And that's what gives me confidence. <clears throat> Now, as a young person, I want to stay here. Now, I now I'm looking for houses to buy here because why wouldn't I? You know, sure. Um, so it just makes sense. And now I'll be able to go to Colorado whenever I want to, and you know, <laughs> one day. But right. truth, and I hope my classmates that I graduated with in '09, and you know, we most of us spread, you know, and, and went all over the country, if not all over the world. So this is truly an opportunity, like Brian said, to bring people back home to central New York. We're smack dab in the middle of the state. This will be a place of recreation, of learning. You can just stop through. It's going to have amazing food. There'll be a lot of retail finally back on Main Street. And I think the thing, the key is how community focused it is, is that we haven't accepted a single dollar from outside of Herkimer before accepting you know, funds that are right here. So it's not a project to revitalize Herkimer by changing Herkimer. It's it's a project to bring Herkimer back to that true beauty that I grew up six generations hearing about and seeing the architecture of and never really, really, truly experiencing. Yeah, that I think that seems clear. And, and I love that about it is, you know, even in Brian's description, talking about these different buildings and their history. And, and he's not talking about this plot of land that we're going to build some new thing. He's talking about, you know, the Quackenbush building that's now going to become a, a historic factory. And, and we're going to celebrate these things and, and bring some life into them. And w what an incredible, what an incredible thing to do, uh, literally anywhere. But the fact that you're doing it right here in Herkimer, obviously uh, hits a string with me and I, and I love it. Good. Well, and, and I'd be Remiss if I didn't mention, you know, we are going to have so many other opportunities for Herkimer just through Scott's connections. We have the inaugural USA National Counting Bee that's coming up at the end of April. And we're accepting, you know, he's accepting registrations for it now and he's hosting it virtually from Herkimer. So, you know, it's just all of these different tentacles, as Brian called it, that will be able to be introduced to Herkimer. And the mayor and I joked that all eyes are on Herkimer right now. I was checking out the Google Analytics on our website as announcements started to be made and even after your first podcast came out. And, you know, Herkimer is getting a lot of attention right now, rightfully so. And we haven't really done anything yet except for tell people that we're doing things, you know. So it's it's really a beautiful thing to see how much a community can be uplifted with good news, even during a global apocalypse. It's just, you know, a really good feeling to be working on something that's so sustainable and, and so optimistic. It's you know, one, one, thing I, one thing I want to bring up, Matt, is, sure. is as just as if, if anyone went to voherkimer2020.com and saw all the transparency of how we developed the master plan for the village of Herkimer, taking into account all voices, we are really looking to be highly transparent. So I'm hopeful you will look at this as a story, right? 
if you take this as a transformation, it's nice to be able to like when someone has a child, they, oh, do you see the, you know, it's moving on, look at this heart, look at his little feet, right? We really want uh, you to, to help us make visible to your audience and to the world what it is that we're doing as it develops, right? Because, yeah. you know, we want to have pride in what we do as a team, and that team includes all those that, that benefit from it, that are involved in it, or that witness it as an observer, right? It's all, that. that's our, our motto is really to be transparent in how we develop this out. Yeah, and and I will be more than happy to to try to help you do that. I am a big fan of you know documentation of of the process and things like that. Not only for transparency methods, but you know when you do pull this off and you end up with something amazing in this small town, it would be so wonderful to have a template that other folks in other towns could say, "Hey, look, this is what could work, and this is how we could you know bring America back." Get it? I think this pandemic. The one thing that gives me a little bit of of cautious optimism is. I hope that this really being compressed and not being able to do anything forces people to really just want to get out again. And, you know, because even before this, public attendance in events and in community organizations and things have been down. It's my hope that this inspires folks to, to really become part of their community again and, and make us all a better place. Right. Yes. No, I got you. It's true. If you didn't take time to sit back and reflect during this pandemic when you're having some alone time on the things that are really important to you and not only investing your time into them, but jumping on the bandwagon, you know, so just to close when when we say and I've been posting it all over that there are opportunities for everyone, not only through STEAM learning to be able to come and and learn new technology, but even right now off the ground, you know, we'll be having a lot of opportunities, both volunteer opportunities and structural opportunities, you know, that are, are within the foundation and the LLC. So our website has opportunity, has a, a web link, a subscribe link, or a full form if you're interested in knowing more about it as we get going, people can sign up just to be transparent and, you know, we'll, we'll have an email list once we get up to that point. This is, this is how you know that Jordan is a true professional, because before I was able to ask my closing question and, and tell people how they yeah, could get involved, <laughs> she's, she's already got it out. So she is a true pro. And, and Brian, you have a, a massive asset on your hands there with, with her. In closing, Brian, anything else that, that you'd like to say and tell folks that, that she didn't just give us all that information? I think, I think, you know, a lot of us from the area have what I call turn vision into reality. And it really is an incrementation, incrementing of the ambiguous to the to the clarity. And what we're really trying to hopeful to do is we're hoping we can take this general mission that we're on and make proof points along the way so people really become encouraged. And even if they're doing something totally offline in relationship to this, they can always peek out the peripheral vision and say, ah, it's coming, it's coming. And I, and I yeah. really want you to hold us to that, right? We're not afraid to commit to what we're trying to do because we believe it's going gonna, it's gonna to move to realities. And we really appreciate everyone's involvement, participation, input. So stay tuned. Absolutely. And, and we will stay all over this story. It's, it's just, again, it's just so great to hear things moving in the right direction in that area. And I couldn't thank you two and Scott and, and Alice Cooper and, and all the team for the work you've done and, and the work that's ahead of you, because I, I think we, we all know that's going to be quite a quite a mountain. But if there was anybody that could climb it, it, it seems like you guys are, are putting it together. So I appreciate that. And I thank you very much for joining the Matt Major Show. And we will talk so to much. you again soon. All right. Thank you very much. You guys have stay safe. So uh, that was a, a wonderful interview, and, and I hope that you learned a lot. We will have that out and available for you to check out 
Um, again, Herkimer9.org uh, is their website. That's got the links to all the other things that, that Jordan mentioned 